Hello, Badassers, and welcome to the Badass in Business show, the show where we help you with your inner game and your outer game, teaching you how to own your inner badass and sharing strategies with you to badass your business. So in other words, get badassified. This is Annette Piper, the Badass Business Chick, and your host for the Badass in Business show. And I'm so excited today. We have Eric Bailey on today's show. Eric is a professional mentor, trainer, and advanced holistic healthcare practitioner. Over the years, he has closely observed the habits of highly successful people. Implementing what he has learned, he has seen massive growth in his business, health, and relationships, especially with his beautiful wife, Heather. In one year alone, he grew his monthly income by more than 100 times, going from welfare to wealthy. He now seeks to share his secrets to success that absolutely anyone can use. Eric is an incredibly powerful and motivating presenter and has benefited the lives of thousands of people through his audio training CDs, seminars, personal mentoring program, and healthcare practice in northern Utah. His greatest desire is to improve the lives of millions of people around the globe by helping them achieve vibrant health, massive wealth, and successful, loving relationships. Awesome, Eric. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited that you were able to join us today. Will you share a little bit more about you, your life, what inspired you to start your own business? What really drives that passion? One of the things for me was simply wanting more. I grew up like uh, like a lot of people in a home where we didn't have a whole lot. Uh, we were on and off of welfare as I was growing up uh, in my teenage years. And I, for some reason, uh, I, drew, I drew my mom crazy because I've always just kind of, like I said, I've always wanted more, and I've always wanted to experience things in life. And I remember being a teenager saying, hey, Mom, ooh, New Year's Eve is coming up. Can we, like, go to Las Vegas? Would that be so cool? And she would, of course, say things like, uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, there's no money for that. Oh, but can we do this? Well, uh, no, because there's no money for that. And, you know, of course she did the best that she could, and she, she did wonderful, and she taught me so many wonderful things. Um, it's just, as I mentioned, I always wanted more. Fast forward a number of years, and I was married and, and uh, had a family, and I was waiting tables full time, and anyone that's in the restaurant industry, of course, can attest that it's not exactly something that you want to do full time forever. And... More than just wanting to experience more in my own life, I wanted to help people. And I ended up going to a seminar in 2011 put on by a gentleman named Dr. Roland Phillips. And uh, he's a chiropractor, and he's the number one advanced holistic healthcare practitioner in the world. And it was interesting because you, he taught the different things that those people would teach at a seminar. You know, you, you think of, uh, you know, the law of attraction, vision boards, things of that nature. And then he began to use this technique that he explained would align our conscious and our unconscious. He said our subconscious runs the show. He said whatever your subconscious believes is what you're going to manifest in life. And so he said, think about it. How many people do you know that would love to be uh, wealthy financially? 
but subconsciously they believe that money is rid of all evil, for example. He said if that's the case, subconsciously they're going to be pushing money away. The same goes with relationships. The same goes with health. And so he used the technique to align our subconscious to our conscious desires. And I remember thinking, this is the hokiest, weirdest, stupidest thing I've ever even heard. <laughs> I was one of those ridiculous people that kind of sat there with my arms folded going, I don't know what he just said. How is this supposed to make me a millionaire? Well, six years later, I was a millionaire. <laughs> what was interesting is I began to research everything uh, because uh, what he said was, you don't have to be a chiropractor to learn this technique. Literally anyone can learn it and certify it. And my in-laws said, oh, my gosh, we want to do that. And they jumped in with both feet. And my wife convinced me every time that we would go and visit uh, uh, her parents to get treated. And, again, I was super resistant. And uh, But eventually I began to research the science behind it. And I realized, oh, my gosh, there's a real science to this. This is legit. This can really help a lot of people. And so in 2013, I went and certified and, and uh, became licensed in the technique. And I saw the type of change that I had in my life and the type of difference that other people that were going to uh, to be treated by, by my in-laws or by this other doctor or by the thousands and thousands of other practitioners in the world. And I saw the difference in the people's lives that would uh, go to seminars as well and that would implement the different things that uh, the trainers would teach. And I said, okay, I want to be that catalyst. I want to help as many people as I possibly can. And in the 2013, Feel Well, Live Well was born, and uh, it's grown into what it is today. Awesome. That's a wonderful story. And I know uh, my chiropractor, before she moved to California, uh, she did some of the same work that you do. So I think I've experienced it myself. I think it's wonderful. I think you're on to something big with that. <laughs> Thank you. So what are you talk about three areas of personal growth what are they and how do you help your clients succeed in those areas a lot of people make the mistake only focusing on one area of personal growth the three areas of course are body mind and soul let's take uh, fitness for example because you know, it's a new year. Of course, a lot of people's minds are turning towards New Year's resolutions, and a lot of people are wanting to slim down and get in shape, myself included. And uh, I've been studying fitness, and I've been studying weight loss for a number of years, but nothing was working for me. I put on quite a bit of weight after I got married, and uh, after, you know, a number of years, things the weight just kind of creeps on. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And I had tried over and over and over again to uh, to slim down, and the weight always came back on until something finally clicked. And that most people, again, only focus on one of those areas. Just about everyone that wants to release weight, for example, and of course this is also true for, for financial, uh, for wealth, and, and for business, and, and other things too, but... Um, a lot of people, for uh, for example, just focus on body. They say, okay, I need to eat right and I need to exercise. And yes, that's true. You definitely need to. But that's only one side of it. 
there's also the mind piece, the mindset piece, for example. And so what we do in our company is, uh, are you familiar with neurolinguistic programming, NLP? Yes, I'm a master NLP practitioner. Oh, so very familiar. That's wonderful. wonderful. And so we use NLP inside of our company to retrain the brain so that, of course, it works for you instead of against you. And uh, so I kind of use myself as a guinea pig because I figure uh, if something doesn't work for me, it's not going to work for a whole lot of other people. And uh, we use NLP particularly uh, the swish pattern, particularly uh, like to dislike, um, and, of course, a number of other techniques to uh, train the mind in order to uh, uh, work for you, of course, instead of against you. And it's fascinating. The more a person progresses, again, whether it's fitness, whether it's in the business, whether it's relationships, the more fears they then have to uh, uncover and confront. With uh, releasing weight, a lot of times people will stuff their fears and stuff their emotions or they'll, they'll use food to cover those up with extra layers of body fat. And so as they go through a process of releasing weight, they'll literally uncover those and then begin to all of a sudden feel this fear or feel this sadness or whatever it is. And it's like, where is this coming from? Oh, I just uncover it. Uh, I just, <laughs> I've been covering it up with 15 pounds of body fat. And so using the mindset tools, including an NLP, to uh, overcome those fears. That way you continue on your path. And then, of course, there's the soul piece. And, of course, it has a lot of spiritual implications, but it also has a lot of emotional implications. And so using best to release those negative emotions and, again, to align your conscious mind to the subconscious mind. When you focus on all three areas, body, mind, and soul, that's when true and lasting success comes. Absolutely. And it's interesting you talk about this because I I fully immerse myself in this. Even as a business coach, I use that. And this is my second business, Vision Reality Training. It's my second business. My first business was called Sacred Balance Lifestyle and Fitness Coaching. And my tagline was actually personal trainer for mind, body, and soul. So. Is that right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I did a lot of the work that you're doing, work with people with through hypnosis and NLP and uh, energy work. I did Reiki. I, I'm still certified Reiki. I don't do it as much anymore to release that. And then when I went through my divorce in 2009 when I left my marriage, all the things that I taught people – uh, I ended up experiencing, I put on uh, about 20, 25 pounds of weight uh, going through that process. And so I had to retrain my body to get most of that weight off. I'm still working on those last five pounds. <laughs> Got it. But isn't that, it, it's isn't interesting. That amazing thing where... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, isn't it amazing? I always tell people when they say, oh, I want to be a mentor or a coach, I say it's wonderful. Get ready to be put through life's uh, ultimate test so that you can learn those lessons yourself and then help other people overcome them. And so isn't that interesting? It It is. And actually, uh, sometimes I find myself attracting clients that are going through the same thing that I'm going through. And so coaching them <laughs> through 
their challenges, whether that's marketing, sales, uh, fitness, weight loss, life. I coach myself to the process of changing too. I think we attract the, yes, the perfect people for the lessons we need to learn at any given time, whether that's a client or someone new comes into our life that uh, challenges us or we coach them through something that they're going through. Awesome. I love Absolutely. it. I love it. So, Eric, how do you stay motivated to achieve success? One of the things that Tony Robbins says is that achievement in any area is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics, which means that only 20% of achievement in any area is, is the how-to. Obviously, that's important, but the other 80% is the why. I found that having a strong enough why is what keeps you motivated. And so I recently actually put out an audio training called Stay Motivated because, uh, again, it's uh, – the beginning of a new year, although it's the beginning of the second month of the new year, and already people are starting to lose motivation. You know, uh, I think most of us can relate. We set a goal and we say, okay, this is the year that I'm going to lose those 20 pounds, or this is the year that I'm going to start that business, I'm going to quit my job, this is the year I'm going to make my first million, or whatever it is. And it lasts about three days or three weeks, and then life kind of happens, and we just kind of go, eh. I don't know if I really want this anymore. Or a lot of people can relate if you start a business and things start going really, really well for a certain period of time and then you run into those challenges, those problems, or maybe you receive your first negative review or whatever it is and it's like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be this tough. And I found that there are a number of different motivators that can actually either fall by the wayside or keep a person going. There are three levels of motivation. The first one is what we call a consequence level motivator. And this is when we do things either to avoid a punishment or to gain a reward. And so, you know, think of teenagers. Uh, teenagers do a lot of things to avoid punishment, of course. Or think of little children. You know, my wife and I have four little children, and uh, unfortunately, they're not quite at an age where they do things uh, just because they want to. You know, they, uh, they'll pick up their toys because they want some sort of reward. They want uh, an extra story with, uh, with mom or dad, or they want uh, uh, an M&M with, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, my wife, a lot of times, uh, has been very, very successful potty training by rewarding them for uh, for going to the bathroom instead of going in their diaper, uh, she'll just give them a little M&M as a reward. And, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with consequence-level motivators, but when things get tough, it wears off. So the next level above that is what we call a social level of motivator. And that this is when we do things because it's expected of us. We should do it. And so a lot of people will go into accountability groups. One of the things that the fitness experts say is always have a workout partner or always have an accountability partner. And, again, it's wonderful. It, it, uh, it can keep you motivated a little bit longer. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, uh, should I really go to the gym right now? Well, if you have someone that's waiting for you, that's expecting you to be there, 
of course you're going to be a lot more likely to do so. And again, it's like, okay, I really should do this. This is what's expected of me. But again, over time, it doesn't last. If a person wakes up and they're just like, oh, I really just do not want to do this today, it's going to fall by the wayside. The top level of motivation, though, is what we call doing things at an agent level. And this is doing things, again, because you want to. And the top form or the highest form of agent-level motivation is what we call a charity level, which is doing things simply out of pure love, pure love for yourself, pure love for the people that you're going to serve. And those are the only motivators that will actually help you to get through those challenging times. Everyone has a bad day. Whether, uh, again, it's in business, everyone is going to receive that negative review. Everyone is going to have, uh, we officially call them the stink pot. Everyone is going to have a stink pot that, uh, you know, tries to manipulate the system and, and, uh, raise, and you know, raises uh, a fuss and uh, tries to get you to compromise your policies and compromise your business ethics. And that could be really, really hard. And if you're what I call a recovering people pleaser like I am, that can be really, really difficult. And it can be really tempting just to, on those hard days, go, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Unless you have those agent-level motivators, unless you have that pure love for what you do and you actually want to do it, those are the only motivators that keep people going forward. And so one of the things that I like to have my coaching clients and my mentoring students do, whenever they set a new goal, and usually it's the very first thing that we do in our program, is I actually have them write down exactly what it is they're hoping to achieve. And so we set a purpose for working together. And then I have them write down a list of all the reasons why they want to achieve it. And I have them rate that uh, what they feel is the strength of wanting to achieve it on a scale of 0 to 100. 0 being, nope, I absolutely don't want this at all. 100 being, oh, my gosh, I want this so badly. I'm unstoppable. Absolutely nothing will get in my way. And then I have them go through the list and mark everything that's at a consequence level motivator, everything that's at a, a social level motivator, and everything that's at an agent level motivator. And I say, eventually, as you go through this next year, you're going to realize that that goal that you set is harder than you ever thought possible. I don't say that to discourage you. I'm just letting you know that at some point, every single one of these consequence level and social level motivators are going to fall by the wayside. The only thing that's going to keep you going is these agent level motivators. And so, really think deeply, really feel it out, and are there any other agent-level reasons why you want to achieve what you want to achieve? And that's what keeps them going. That's how a person stays motivated. It's by allowing their motivation to be pure desire and pure love. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I love that. Um, I've, I've never heard of it put that way, so I really soaked all of that in uh, I, I do teach about your big why and things like that, but um, I love the way that you laid it out in three different levels of motivation. Uh, it makes complete sense. Thank you so much. 
My pleasure. And, yeah. And so we all know that whenever, as you said, you you know, when people have that big why and they have that goal that they want to reach, that they're going to be challenged and they're going to self-sabotage and things are going to show up for them uh, in that journey. And so what would you say are the main stoppers of that progress and growth that people say they want? Well, it's interesting. A lot of times people hear the term one percenter. I'm sure you've heard that term before, of course. And what that refers to is the one percent of people that achieve major success in any area. And it's interesting because, of course, math 101 here, if only one percent of people are achieving this high level of success, that means that 99% of people aren't. And I remember when I first heard that, I thought, well, wait a second, what's stopping the 99? Why is it that only 1% of people get there? And it's because of what I call five filters of success. Life has a way of filtering us out when we aren't really serious about things. It has a way of preventing us from moving forward if we aren't 100% committed to it. And those filters are fear, money, inconvenience, embarrassment, and judgment. Everyone has something that they want to achieve. Everyone would, again, love to uh, to release that weight, start that business, make that extra, make that first million, attract that relationship, uh, you know, get something new in their life. But a lot of people are so afraid of the unknown. They're so fearful of doing something outside their comfort zone because uh, fear, by definition, is the anticipation of discomfort. Uh, are you familiar with the term neuroassociations? Uh, yes. Perfect. Um, so, uh, as you know, neuroassociation, it means that absolutely everything in our life is subconsciously linked to either pleasure or pain. And unfortunately, most people have a neuroassociation that links the process of change with high amounts of pain. You know, how many people do you know that say, oh, my gosh, I would love to be 30 pounds lighter? And then you say, oh, great, uh, are you going to do that this year? And they say, well, I don't want to exercise or I don't want to give up my favorite food or I don't want to X, Y, and Z. They believe that the process of getting there is going to be more painful than the level of pleasure they'll receive by actually being there. And so, of course, they don't change. And again, fear, by definition, is the anticipation of, of uh, discomfort. And so people don't go through that and people stay right where they are. The next one, of course, is money. A lot of times people are like, ooh, I would love to go to that seminar. I would love to further my education. I would love to hire that mentor. But I don't have the money for it. And I say, well, wait a second, you just told me you don't have money. You're not going to hire that mentor because you don't have the money. And I say, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, would you go to a dinner reservation because you're too hungry? And they look at me like, huh? I say, well, yeah, would you ever cancel a dinner reservation because you're too hungry? And they say, well, no, that would be ridiculous. And I say, yeah, how come? They say, well, it's because I'm hungry that I want to go to this dinner reservation. I say, yeah, that's exactly it. People don't hire mentors because they already have money in most cases. 
I, I especially didn't. When I first got started hiring mentors, I didn't have the money sitting in the bank account, not even close. And I wanted to work with the best mentors possible. And so um, my first high-end mentor, I paid him $25,000. Uh, my second mentor, I paid him $100,000, which at that time I wasn't a millionaire. At that time I sure as I didn't have that money sitting in the bank. But I wanted to. I wanted to learn from someone that could teach me to get to a point where I did have that type of money in the bank. And so, yeah, some people called me crazy, but I felt really, really good about this. And my wife and I had this mantra, which is, if it's right, what else matters? And so we went out and we borrowed a ton of money, and we ended up having to pay high, high interest rates because they were the only loans available to us at at that time, you know, the only ones that would give us that high amount of money. And we invested in those mentors, and very, very quickly, we received an enormous return on investment. I very quickly turned the the 25,000 into a quarter of a million, and I very quickly turned the $100,000 with the help of of the mentors into millions. And again, unfortunately, a lot of people have this notion, well, if it costs money, I'm not going to do it. Or, uh, oh, if I, if I, then I. You know, have you ever heard that? If if, if I had this, then I would do this. And Oh, yeah, alone, and I've used it to, before myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Jim Rohn says, turn it around from if I could, then I would. Turn it to if I would, then I could. And he says, turn your excuses into reasons why you will. He said, instead of making the excuse, I'm not going to hire that mentor because I don't have the money, turn it around to I'm going to hire that mentor so that I can learn to have more money. Or turn the excuse, I'm not going to go to the gym because I don't have energy, into I'm going to go to the gym so that I can have more energy. It seems, you know, like it's like, oh, okay, that makes so much more sense. But again, unfortunately, a lot of people get caught in the money filter, uh, myself almost uh, included. I'll never forget uh, being on welfare um, after a first, our first few months of uh, business ventures totally failed since I didn't have any business experience at the time. And going to a seminar and seeing uh, an offer, the, the trainer of the seminar that we went to offered a continuation course. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is it. If I can get this training, this will pull us out of the financial pit that we're in. And I set up to go sign up, and then I saw the price. It was $5,000, which when you're on welfare, I mean, that might as well be millions, right? And I exactly. would just sit back down. Well, my wife grabbed my arm, and she goes, Eric, go back there and sign up. And I said, Heather, do you see that price? I said, if I had $5,000, I could buy groceries. And she just said, well, is it right? And I said, well, it doesn't make any sense. She goes, ah, 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 how does it feel? And I said, well, I feel peaceful about it. And she said, if it's right, what else matters? And I go to the back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I grab the registration form, and no exaggeration. I was literally shaking and hyperventilating because I was so freaked out. I was so close to getting caught in the money filter. But again, Heather came up, put her hand on my shoulder, and said, Eric, is it right? And I said, yeah. She said, what else matters? And so I maxed out every single credit card that I had, and I got signed up for that training. And because I did, within five, within four months, our income quintupled. And with the help of some additional uh, personal one-on-one mentors, 
uh, that was in 2014. We started 2014 on welfare. We ended 2014 living in a million-dollar home, driving a Mercedes, having increased our monthly income um, by over 100 times, and more importantly, being able to help as, uh, as many people as we were able to help. And so, again, a lot of people get caught in that money filter. So the next one is inconvenience. And again, a lot of people simply say, well, I would, but I'm not going to because of this excuse. Um, I remember doing a class, or uh, um, one of the things that my company does to market for the holistic health care that we do, we have a number of clinics here in Utah, is we'll go to conferences and expos and trade shows and we'll set up a booth and We'll uh, kind of flag people down and give people a little demonstration of what we do and get their contact information. And then we'll go through the list and we'll choose a, a number of winners and we'll call them and we'll say, hey, just wanted to give, let you know that uh, congratulations, you actually won a complimentary treatment for yourself and a guest. And I'll never forget someone said, oh, where's your office? I said, oh, it's in, uh, one of them's in Salt Lake. And he said, oh, it's too far of a drive. And I said, oh, what do you mean? Oh, uh, where do you live? And he lived like 10 minutes away. And I'm like, ha, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not quite sure how to respond to this right now. Or I remember uh, receiving messages once our business kind of started taking it off, taking off, and I, I uh, um, was holding a free class called Creating a More Abundant 2015. This was uh, January of 2015. And someone said, ooh, Eric, I would really love to go to your class. Let me know when you have something closer. And I was holding it in Orm, Utah. And I said, oh, where do you live? And they said, oh, in uh, Salt Lake. And I said, oh, that, that's just 45 minutes away. And they said, yeah, that's too far of a drive. I'm thinking, huh, well, that's interesting. I traveled 35 hours each way to get to some of the trainings that I did uh, in order to uh, do what I do. And But this, why is this person unwilling to travel a whopping 45 minutes. And I realized that, unfortunately, a lot of people get caught in the inconvenience filter. A lot of times, uh, we tell people this actually in our confirmation emails uh, when, it, when people sign up for our seminars. You know, we'll send them out an email, uh, you know, two or three days before saying, just to let you know, you're probably going to have every excuse come up. Why not to come to this event? You know, whenever something life-changing is about to happen, you're going to get that flat tire or you're going to, you know, get that sick child or you're going to get the sniffles or it's going to snow or something's going to come up to try to stop you from doing it. Some sort of inconvenience is going to come up in order to try to keep you from moving forward. The key is doing it anyway saying, oh, okay, that's what I need to do. I'm going to do it anyway, and just plowing through it. We call this being a whatever-it-takes type person, and that's how you get through the inconvenience filter. And I'm sure you've got uh, plenty of experience with that. I'm sure, uh, how many times have you seen that where someone commits to changing their life and all of a sudden you know, something comes up and they're like, well, I changed my mind, right? Right, exactly. It happens all the time. And we All tell people this. The moment you make a commitment to change your life, everything in the world is going to come up to try to stop you, even if it's in your own head. And you've got to be aware of that. You've got to push through it. You've got to get through the inconvenience filter. So the next one, of course, is embarrassment. Unfortunately, most of us are recovering perfectionists. 
and we want to be perfect the first time, and we think, well, if I can't be perfect, then why even bother trying? Why do I want to risk the embarrassment of failing? And it's, again, one of those things where it's like, hey, guess what? You are going to be embarrassed. You're going to fall on your face. The difference between successful people and those that aren't successful isn't the fact that successful people succeed every single time. It's the fact that successful people have failed and gotten back up more than the unsuccessful person has even tried. And we tell people the way to get through the embarrassment filter is to raise your personal value. Things are only embarrassing until they're not. Things are only uncomfortable until they're not. You know, you start a brand new exercise regimen, and yeah, the first couple of days you feel like you feel terrible, and you're like, "Good heavens, what did I do to myself?" Because you're sore and you can't move. Especially after that first leg day, you ever experienced that? Where it's like, "Okay, I can't even walk to my car after this." And the next couple of days, yeah. you're like walking bowlegged, and people are like, "Okay, what's what happened to you?" Oh, I have like. Well, again, things are only uncomfortable until they're not. And the more you raise your personal value, the more you love yourself, the easier it's going to be to get through the embarrassment filter. Now, finally, of course, is the judgment filter. And this comes both from fear of judgment from other people and it can also come when we judge others. And, of course, we're all guilty of this. And as I'm sure you know, a judgment comes, meaning we judge someone else whenever what I call a soul wound is opened up inside of us. And let me give you an example to try to illustrate what I mean. All of us have emotional wounds or soul wounds. And, of course, these stem from experiences from our past that left an emotional wound. For example, uh, let's say that, um, and of course everyone's free of this, but let's say that a person, uh, there's a child who's five years old, and let's say they're having the most amazing birthday, but on their way home, something happens. Uh, Someone, you know, cuts them off in the freeway, and they get into an accident. And let's say they lose uh, a parent in that accident. Obviously, that's going to be a very, very intense emotional wound, and it's going to leave that scar for them. They've just had this wonderful, wonderful experience, and suddenly we we call it being bushwhacked. This crazy emotional uh, experience happens, and it leaves this massive, massive scar, this massive emotional wound. Well, the body was designed to heal itself physically. No one ever had to teach us how to heal a cut in our finger. It just does that automatically. But it was not designed to heal itself emotionally. It was designed so that we personally have to make the choice and choose into emotional healing and a lot of times reach out for help or do something differently in order to heal emotionally. And because most people don't know how to do so, because a lot of people haven't even heard of that, yeah, their soul wound might stab over so it it uh, doesn't feel, they don't feel the pain very much of it. There's an old saying which says time heals all wounds, and that's not true. Time stabs over all, at least all emotional wounds. And so let's say this person is suddenly on the freeway and, some, and someone accidentally cuts them off. Well, that's 
it's likely going to trigger that experience they have when they're five years old. And they're going to, it's going to uncover that soul wound. And without even realizing it, they're going to be like, well, wait a second, why am I feeling this way? And because most people don't know how to deal with that, don't know how to deal with the pain, they'll deflect the pain from that soul wound by forming a judgment about the other person. A judgment is nothing more than a deflection of the pain of an open soul wound. And because this happens, again, we form these judgments about these people. And if it happens enough times, then, of course, we're going to, you know, build prejudices and we're going to do things at a subconscious level and avoid certain people or certain circumstances. And this is a huge filter for people. Again, that and the fear of being judged. And I tell people, guess what? Any successful person is going to be judged. Think about it. Think of uh, the wealthy of the world, the most, in, uh, generally speaking, the most judged and ridiculed people on the planet are the wealthy, interestingly enough. You know, who do you think termed the, the coin filthy rich? I don't think that was a rich person. I don't think a bunch of rich people were hanging out saying, uh, you want to be filthy today? Yeah, let's all be filthy today. Okay, we're filthy rich. Uh, you know, I can't <laughs> imagine that. I, I have to imagine that it was someone that wasn't rich that had these notions about wealthy people and said, okay, those people are all filthy. And I say, yeah, you're going to be judged. But guess what? People are going to judge you regardless. And so you might as well become successful if people are going to judge you regardless. Think of the greatest men and women to ever walk the earth. Are there people that judge them? Yeah. Yeah, there are. You know, if you're if you're a Christian like I am, then... Uh, you know, we think about the greatest man to ever walk the earth. The man that we recognize, that we call Savior, is also the most cursed name in existence. And I think, oh my goodness, if these amazing men and women that literally changed the world, can you imagine what would have happened had they got caught in the judgment filter? Once the judgments and the ridicule and the opposition started, had they pulled back and said, no, I don't want any more of this, the world would not be the same. The world would never have been changed. But again, so many people get caught in the judgment filter. And the way to get through it is to, uh, is to replace judgment with love. It's to allow yourself to, of course, heal those emotional wounds. And there are so many different ways to do that. Go and see a best practitioner. Go and uh, go see a hypnotherapist. Go and see an NLP practitioner. Go to a counselor, whatever is right for you. Go and get those wounds healed and replace what once was judgment with pure love. That is going to be what helps you to get through that judgment filter because uh, there's a phrase that we use inside of our company, and, and some people take this the wrong way, but we say that those that let their light shine brightest offend the most cockroaches. And think about that for a moment. <laughs> you think of, uh, I really, really hope you've never, ever had to experience this, but, but I lived in a third world country for a couple of years. And uh, some people, uh, especially in certain areas of the world, uh, have had that experience where they turn on the light and the floor scatters. And they go, ew. (laughs) Of course, cockroaches are are used as an example because they don't like light. And we keep seeing this over and over again, especially with the advent of Facebook and people can hide behind computers. There are people in the world 
that will try to pull you down if you begin to let your light shine brighter. People that let their light, their light shine bright is offend the most cockroaches, and I tell people, let them be offended. That's fine. Troll me all you want to. I'm just going to block you anyways, but you're not going to stop me. And don't let it stop you either. You are too valuable. You are, are here to do too much good to allow those judgments to stop you. And so those are the five main filters. Fear, money, inconvenience, embarrassment, and judgment. And only those that allow themselves to do what it takes to get through all five filters are the ones that have the greatest success. I love it. I love it. Wow, you've given us so much powerful information today. I know I was soaking it in, and I teach some of the stuff already, but, it, you know, it already helps. Or it helps so much to hear other people's perspectives and how they teach it. And I think this kind of information, uh, you never reach a point where, oh, I'm done hearing it. it you've got to have those reminders and uh, refresh and um, it, you get a new recognition when you hear it of something maybe you're going through in your life. It's like, oh, geez, I never really thought about that applied to this situation. And so I think this sure. is such valuable information. Thank you so much for sharing it. My pleasure. Well, Eric, you have a special offer for our listeners. Will you tell us about it? Sure. So we have uh, a new book coming out called The Mentor Toolbox. And a lot of what I shared with you today are tools that are, are found within it. And so this book is for uh, those, of course, that are in the mentoring and coaching industry, uh, but also those that aren't, uh, maybe those that are parents, those that are uh, educators, those that are religious leaders. And what it does is it's, a, it's basically a manual to help you to get through a variety of different circumstances. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, I had a gal who I believe lives in Cincinnati, and so uh, I get the cool thing about writing books is you never know uh, how far it's going to reach. Um, and so I got uh, I received a message from someone across the nation who had uh, read a portion of the book, and one of the one of the tools in there is called the Fear to Funny Technique, and it's a way to very very quickly overcome fears and literally anyone could use it. I've used it with my daughter. Uh, well, her son came to her uh, in the middle of the night one night and said, I can't sleep. I've had this nightmare, and I'm terrified. And she said she would normally be like, oh, gosh, just go back to sleep, you know, just do your best. But she goes, oh, my gosh, I just read this tool. I know what to do. And she said, okay, draw me a picture of your nightmare. And so he did, and he, you know, drew everything out. And she said, okay, describe it to me. And he did. And she said, okay, now turn this into something funny. And he looked at her kind of silly, like, huh? And she said, yeah, turn it into something funny. Uh, when my daughter did it, uh, she turned a picture of uh, these giant human-eating slugs that she feared were going to come and eat her in the middle of the night. And she said, wait a second, that's not a big slug. That's just a little fly with a really long nose that's really friendly and, and wants to come in and play with me. And I said, oh, 
you're exactly right. It's not trying to eat you. It's just coming in to play with you. Isn't that nice? And she goes, because she's really social and she loves to play. And so this woman's son did something similar. And she said, can't that harm you? He goes, no, of course it can't harm me. She said, that's all that is. He goes, really? That's all it is? Yeah, that's all it is. And he went right to bed, no problem at all. And so that's just one of uh, 101 powerful tools proven to help you reach new levels of success. And so uh, they're tools to help you retrain your brain. Uh, and so, of course, you can apply them in your own life to achieve. Uh, there's a chapter specifically on wealth creation. There's a chapter on addiction recovery where I actually teach a couple of NLP techniques and some of the other tools that uh, I personally use in my with my addiction recovery clients. Uh, there's a tool for health and weight relief. There's or a chapter, excuse me. There's a chapter specifically on relationships. And uh, what we found is those that are in the mentoring and coaching industry have loved it because, uh, you know, everybody has had that experience where uh, they're with a client and their client brings up something that they've never experienced before. They go, it's, it's really tempting to kind of scratch our heads and go, how in the world do I help this client right now? Obviously, we don't say that. We try to. We just try to kind of come up with something on the spot, right? Um, but uh, this mentor toolbox allows them to say, wait a second, I, there's a chapter in the mentor toolbox uh, to help a person overcome exactly that challenge. And they flip through it. They go, oh, here's the exercise. And they walk them through it. And the testimonials that I've received from people that have read it already uh, of how much more powerful their, their mentoring and coaching sessions have been have been unbelievable. And so uh, we want to make this available to anyone that wants one. And so I'm actually offering a free copy, a free digital copy of the Mentors Toolbox simply by sending me an email, which is eric, so E-R-I-C, at feelwelllivewell.com with uh, the subject heading Mentors Toolbox. Let me know that you've heard this show that uh, you've heard this program and that you would like a free copy and we'll send it to you, no questions asked. We'll send it to you uh, for free. That is such an awesome gift. And I'm one of those early people that uh, was privileged enough to read this book, and I can tell you it is fantastic. So make sure that you get your copy. And where else can our listeners find out more information about you and what you do? I love staying connected with people on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is my uh, social media of choice. Um, most other people in business say, well, you got to get on this and you got to get on this. And uh, for whatever reason, I just I prefer Facebook. Um, it makes it, uh, for me at least, a lot easier to stay in touch with people. And so uh, send me a private message, Eric Bigley, uh, on Facebook. Um, you're welcome to send me a friend request, or, of course, you're welcome to take a look at our, our website, feelwelllivewell.com, uh, or if nothing else, just shoot me an email and say hi. Let me know what you've learned. Let me know what is going on in your life. Let me know what challenges you're, you're, you're struggling with. And uh, that's the great thing about being in the mentoring and coaching industry is we're here for you. We're here to help you to overcome those challenges, and we're, help, we're here to uh, go through some of those challenges with you to make them a lot easier. Very cool. Well, Eric, it's been great having you on the Badass and Business Show today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And Eric's info and link will be links will be in the podcast notes. And um, remember to share the podcast with other badass business owners. 
and join my Badass Business Builders Mastermind group on Facebook where we have community and discussion, and I'd love to have you there. And you can also find me at AnnettePiper.com, and remember to spell Piper, P-I-E, just like the yummy dessert. Thanks for listening, and make it a badass day. Namaste. Namaste.